Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. And that was the beginning of it. We set a launch date that was like two months in advance. It was during his wedding, which he planned. He was like, I want to walk down the aisle. I know that money's coming in from a launch without me being near a computer. And I thought, your wife's going to kill you. I didn't know his wife at that point. I never met him. Like, Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear, and go all out to build my million dollar business, completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, guys? Jamie Exon back with the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement podcast again. We're shouting really loud into the microphone in this brewery tavern. Hopefully, nobody's getting upset. Maybe they just think we're drunk. Whatever. We'll just roll with the punches. I'm back with my friend, Travis Sherry. What's going on, Travis? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I, we're, we're still here. We're still with beers. He's not, so. he's not wobbling yet. He's, he's, looking, he's not, not looking too woozy. Not wobbling yet. If we're just drinking 10 ounces, so we're okay. That's okay. If we start slurring on the microphone, you know we're getting in trouble. And today, I wanted to jump back on with Travis, and we want to talk about something that I haven't really ever talked to anybody about before, which is diving deeper into what it's like to work with a business partner. Actually, this is quite topical for me right now because I'm at the point right now in my business where I'm kind of contemplating, do I want to go into a business partnership with somebody who I don't know a whole lot about, but we're definitely vibing on the same wavelength. So definitely, I, I would like to dig into that a little bit more. So Travis, like, where did you even begin your partnership? Where did that start? Yeah, so to, to give you the long story, and we'll try to keep it short here, is the, the first business that I started and still run is is our travel website and podcast and that's called Extra Pack of Peanuts and that's just myself. Now, my wife comes on, she helps me. We have a, a team of people helping us, but essentially that was me as the force that started that business that is my company. Then I got approached by by someone who's now one of my best friends, but at the time, like you, we were vibing, but we didn't know each other that well. And I think that's one of the questions people are like, do I do I get it with a business partner? Like, don't I have to know him well? You know, how do I vet him? I didn't do much vetting. We met at a conference. We chatted for about a day. We stayed in touch for about four or five months, you know, maybe an email or, or text every month or so. So we, you know, he was also a travel podcaster. He was also from the Philadelphia area, even though he wasn't living there. So that was just kind of a coincidence. And we just were like, all right, we're doing a lot of similar things. He called me up one day and he, again, I don't even know how he had my phone number at that point, <laughs> but he calls me up. Cyber yeah, right. He called, Jason, how'd you get my phone number? Uh, he calls me up and he was like, hey, I've got this idea for a project, but I don't think I'm going to be able to put it off on my own. And at that point, I had I had a bigger podcast, a bigger blog I'd started before him. So he was kind of just getting started. And he always says to me, he's like, I was the lucky one at that point because you had the whole audience. I didn't have anything. <laughs> so maybe that's a pro tip number one. Try to try to yeah, up your game with someone, up. Yeah, with a bigger audience. But um, he told me this idea. 
and uh, we didn't have a name for it. Now it's called the Paradise Pack. But it was this idea of doing a bundle sale of products around uh, travel products. So it was like, hey, we want to help people travel. So there's probably like four or five, ten courses out there. Maybe we could bundle sale them together and sell them for a reduced rate once a year. And then we, we flushed this idea out. So I was actually walking in to play basketball with my buddies. We played every Thursday, 3 p.m. It was like literally when I got this call from them, I was walking into the building, and I thought, well, this is weird. I, like, I'm, i got to pick up. Like, this yeah. is weird. This guy's calling me. We've what's, never, what's going on, man? Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked on the phone. So I pick up. Uh, hour and a half later, I'm still standing on the sidelines in my basketball clothes. My buddies are playing like four on three. They're <laughs> pissed as anything. They get off the phone. Come We're down, like, Travis. No, get I'm, over I'm here. telling you, man, this is like, I can't. This is an important phone call. And so we end up talking for about an hour and a half and flesh out this idea of running a bundle sale that's going to be full of products, both in the online business space and the travel space, because our goal was to help people become location independent. So in order to do that, you need to find ways to travel cheaper, better, more efficient, and you have to figure out ways to make money on the road. So you have to have some sort of online business or service. And uh, that's kind of how it happened. I mean, it was literally, I remember him getting off the car. He's like, so what do you think? You want to do this? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) And that was the beginning of it. We set a launch date that was like two months in advance. It was during his wedding, which he planned. He was like, I want to walk down the aisle. I know that money's coming in from a launch without me being near a computer. And I thought... Your wife's going to kill you. I didn't know his wife at that point. I never met him. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I just heard this story today, and I was blown away. I'm like, are you telling me that this guy wanted a wedding, a product launch? He had something else on as And well. he was – so he – all right, so we're leading up to this product launch. Only to, first time we've ever done this, never done anything like it. He wanted it to be launched during the five days of, like, his wedding was right in the middle of those five days. So that's when the sale was actually happening. And the week before the sale was going to happen, he was doing a hitchhiking scavenger hunt fundraiser through scotland and i just remember thinking this seems like a really awful time to run a launch but he was like adamant that he wanted to do it and i said cool well i'll be at home so i'm Uh, i don't feel nervous and that's that's how we did our very first paradise pack well hats off to you jay that is going in big and going in hard if you listen to this right now you know good go man good going yeah good for you man i i and we kept that date all the way through the first five. Now, the sixth one, we're actually doing a bit earlier in the year, but that first week of June just kind of became the date that we were doing it every year. <laughs> every year, the yeah. wife is like, why have you done this on our wedding anniversary? That's true. Like, I always forgot it was always their anniversary. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh, so, boy. So obviously, it worked out for you guys because you're still in business together, and it was a, you know, a, a good decision, it turns out. But for, for the people listening, like, what are some of the challenges and some of the things that you didn't expect would be maybe difficult and maybe some of the things that you thought would be difficult but were actually quite easy yeah so all the things that i thought like when i gave thought to it of the things that could happen haven't happened so it was like what if he turns out to be an a-hole what if we don't get along at all what if he steals the money what if we blah 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 blah. like all these big picture things haven't happened we vibed and and that's the best advice i can kind of give people if they're thinking about with a business partner i mean you can do as much as vetting as you want, but if you get a good gut feeling and you're like, they're doing like their moral compass, ethical compass is all on the same pace as me. And they also want to do what I'm doing. That's a very, very good starting point. Unless you get tons of red flags about everything else, I would say that's, that's enough to get going. Mm -hmm. The things that, that, that have been harder, I think is just that when there are two people involved, there are obviously two opinions. And our biggest issue in the beginning was that we had very similar skill sets. So we were both bloggers. We were both podcasters. We both liked engaging with people one-on-one. We both liked talking. We both liked building community. But neither of us was technical. 
so we had no tech skills. You know, so we we essentially had the same skills, and I think that can be a good or bad thing. It's good when you realize that, and then you start to surround yourself with a team that can help you out. But for a while, what we started doing was neither of us was willing to do something without, like, without asking the other person. So I'd be like, oh, Jay, I wrote this really good email. You should read it. And so we were almost doing double work. Like, we are each doing the same work two times. And... Because you wanted to get like the go-ahead, like Jay is this okay, Travis is this right? Okay? Because I knew his skill set was the same as mine, and so it was this idea of like, oh my gosh, what if, what if he thinks he can do something better? So we're constantly afraid to go ahead, and and it was hard to form roles right off the bat. Whereas I have another business now with an app, and the the co-founder of that is super technical. Like he built the app, he does all the tech, I do all the marketing, I do the customer service. So it's much more delineated. And that was on purpose. But in the beginning with Jay, because we had similar skill sets and we came from similar backgrounds, we were constantly like each trying to recreate what the other was doing. Not because we didn't think it was good enough, but we just got in our own heads until we sat down and had the conversation. It was like, listen, I, I trust you. Go with what you're doing. I'll go with what I'm doing. There doesn't need to be as much oversight. So that was this issue that I never thought would come up that did, and it, that we were just spinning our wheels a lot because he had already done it. Why do I need to make it 5% better? It, it's yeah, it's already, already fine. It. Yeah. I'm with you. And right. so and so that's interesting because it's actually you guys had such similar skill sets that actually it was just that you were both trying to get validation from each other. So is there anything else at all that if you're going into a business partnership you should probably be aware of and prepared for? Like do you think it would be a good idea to set out clear roles and boundaries before you start? I think clear roles is is good. Uh, they will change, know that. They they certainly will change even the one where I'm with like a, the tech guy and I'm doing the marketing st- certainly overlaps a little bit. It's never not going to overlap but definitely set out some sort of clear roles and boundaries i would i would get this sounds really lame and and silly but i would definitely get the kind of the paperwork in order to like we took forever to get like incorporated and who has what shares and and this and that that's just something that's a pain in the butt that if you get done in the beginning not even in the beginning, but just think Out about the way, right? Yeah, make sure if it's going to be a 50-50 split, that's fine. But just make sure you each know where you stand in the beginning of who's doing, like, who's responsible for what and then how much time each is putting in. Um, I would also say one of the important things that we've started to do is is making sure we check in because, you know, you can – and check in, like, consistently. Like, make sure not that we're checking in to, like, oh, have a call. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Because for a while that was another issue we ran into. Like, our meetings were just going on so forever. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what's new? Where do you want to travel? And then, and then by the time we were getting any work stuff, we're like, dude, we've been on the phone for an hour. Like, I don't even want to do this. So kind of treating it – not that you can't have those calls, but making sure you set specific time aside for the business – that's that's only for that and that you talk that and then you can move on to the fun stuff yeah so like clear boundaries you know purpose for the meetings like what's the intent for this meeting before we have it and actually getting all of the business paperwork stuff done beforehand so you i suppose that actually is a bit of a relief on both parties because you don't feel then like one person is going to screw the other one over especially if you start to make a lot of money that could probably be a big worry yeah and and it was less of a worry like neither of us were worried about it and that's actually why we put it off because we're like oh i trust this person i trust this person but then it did get to to a point where like oh my gosh we're looking at our bank account we have a lot of money in this jointed bank account i'm not worried about him taking but like what what if he dies what if i die? like yeah, like yeah. just it's it's what just if this I kill him you know, <laughs> if, oh my gosh you know and then it came in on the taxes and we had an interesting situation because he was in norway and so now he actually has to be a subcontractor 
for these crazy Norwegian tax purposes, and then he can buy back his shares in the company for $1 later. So we had this convoluted thing that we had to figure out. But once we did, it felt much better because we knew there was a system in place if something happened. Not that I thought he would do something or he thought I would do something, yeah, but if something, something crazy unexpected. happened. Yep. Yeah, yep. No, that makes a lot of sense. So actually, you know, if someone's looking to get into a business partnership, my worry for a long time was, is this going to be more trouble than it's worth? Because you hear so many stories about business partnerships gone awry. It's one of the biggest causes of startups failing is, you know, dis disagreements with business partnerships. Is there any other advice that you would share about whether a partnership is right or maybe a JV deal might be better? I I really like the partnership aspect. This is so much the to the fact that then when I started an app, I could have hired someone to build an app and just kept control of the company, but I didn't want to do it that way, that I found a partner to partner with. I I find that I work much better with a partnership because it's just another person as invested in, in it as I am that I can bounce stuff back and forth with. JV partnerships can work if you're doing a launch or something like that. I just like if I'm going to build something that, that has long-term value, I definitely like the partnership aspect because I can tell you that the Paradise Pack wouldn't have happened without us both doing it, and our community location indie wouldn't have happened. Like It's just, to me, a very great way if you're on the same wavelength because if you're doing something to a certain level, I never look at it and say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Jay gets half this money. Yeah, I'm right. like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I get half this money. This wouldn't exist unless we were working together because I know that I would have given up or run into a roadblock, and, and it's really nice when I run into a roadblock, and he sees that, and he kind of takes initiative or vice versa. Like, there are times where he's like, dude, I'm just like, I'm stuck. And I'll be like, don't worry about that situation. I'll find someone to figure it out. You move on to the next thing. Because you can feel when that person is just put in time, and they're like ready to just call it quits on a certain aspect of the business, that you could come in with fresh eyes, and it's super helpful. Yeah, no, that's great, and it's great to have that accountability and that. And it, and it sounds like a partnership. You know, you guys have got each other's back, and you support each other. And actually, in entrepreneurship, where it is a lonely road, that is so important. Yeah, um, we didn't touch on the fact that you get to celebrate together, too. Yeah, And that's, that's cool. a huge thing. Like, yeah, you can hang out with your other entrepreneur buddies and be like, oh, you did a cool thing, and I did a cool thing. But when you're doing it, like when we do a launch and we do it together, we get to sit back and be like, dude, we did this. Like, together, as a partnership, 50-50, you pulled your weight, I pulled my weight, and this has worked. Yeah, that's so important. And yeah. actually, Travis, that's a great stopping point, and I'm really excited to go into the next episode because as well as I feel like I got tons out of this already, and hopefully you guys listening did as well, but in the next episode, we're actually going to talk more about what a lifestyle business is really like. None of this Tim Ferriss four-hour bullshit that everyone <laughs> thinks that happens and your Instagram profile will have everybody think and my Instagram profile will have everybody think we're going to shed some drop some truth nukes that's what I'll say what do you think some truth nukes yeah I know one person who could potentially lead a four hour work week and he doesn't because he's an entrepreneur so he yeah. wants to work more he loves it right? yeah exactly dude I'm so excited for that next episode stick around and we'll see you guys on the next episode Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this second episode with me and Travis where we talked about everything to do with a business partner. Hopefully you guys have now got some more insight into why it can be such a great idea. And for those of you at the end of this episode, I wanted to do something awesome. Some of you listening would already know that Travis is the creator of the Paradise Pack. It's one of the only products that I promote all year round and I really think it's an amazing product that's going to help any of you guys who are interested in becoming location independent to take the steps that you need. I think it's so good, in fact, that since this year I'm actually a contributor in the pack and I wanted to give you guys access to something for free 
as an extra bonus if you signed up for the Paradise Pack this year. So head to entrepreneurjunkie.co forward slash paradise to check out what those bonuses are. They include some crazy things, including personal time with me, access to one of my exclusive challenges, which isn't even out yet. And I'm also going to give you access to a crazy event that I'm throwing in Bali. You do not want to miss it, guys. Make sure you come along and listen to the very final episode with Travis, because we're going to talk about what it is really like to run a lifestyle business. All right, we'll see you on the next one. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.